0: The weeds keep multiplying in our garden, which is our mind ruled by fear. Rip them out, and call them by name. Sylvia Brown. You're listening to Jamie's Bits of
1: Jam. You're listening to the Jammiest Bits of Jam, a monthly storytelling podcast where we share fiction stories, true personal stories, and poetry
0: written by girls. Women. Ladies. Broads. Birds. And Bricky Brave Gals. Each month we choose a new theme and collect stories based on that theme. Written by you, our listeners, and us, your hosts, Christina and Cassie. This month's theme is garden.
1: Yay! Yay! It's April. It's, <laughs> it's, my, April. it's my birthday month. Oh yeah, when's your birthday? The 29th. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm really excited. I'm gonna be
0: 30. <gasps> the big 30! Oh, dirty flirty! 30 and thriving.
1: That's what I was going to mention. I love that movie. 13 going on 30. Yeah, I love that movie movie. too. So the theme this month is garden, as we just said. (laughs) Yeah. In the (laughs) recording. And thoughts on gardens. Gardens have a lot going on
0: naturally.
1: And they have what's going on, what the gardener wants going on in that garden. Exactly. Because nothing grows unless you plant it. Exactly.
0: Yeah. I, when I think of gardens, at first I'm like... It's like... I think about, like, Jane Austen characters, like... Strolling about the garden. Taking a turn about the garden. Because they all had gardens, you know, back in the day. <laughs> and... I love the, the, the phrase, take a turn. Yes. You know? Yeah. it's just that they're walking around the garden. They're just walking around the garden. it was, like, the highlight of their day. Which is so interesting. It's so sweet. So slow paced, right? So different than today's fast paced. Yeah. Like if I'm not like on a roller coaster all the time, then I'm bored. Right. Yeah. Because you want things happening. Yeah. But at the same time, if there was a garden to walk around, I'd walk around it all the time. If you had space in your tiny apartment. Yes. For a garden. For a garden. So
1: I, I think this is probably in your life plan, right? To get a to get a place where you can have a garden so you could take turns? Well it?
0: the problem with that is that I am too lazy to keep up a garden mm. so I'd have to have a gardener and and you know have them do that <laughs> um, so I'd have to be wealthy enough to afford to have a gardener okay yeah
1: so you have to plan to get wealthy in yes. order to have a garden
0: My garden goals. But I definitely would prefer a flower garden to, like, a vegetable garden. hmm Like, I just want flowers. I, I don't need to grow green beans. I can get those at the store. <laughs>
1: I would love to have flowers as well, but I also want to make my own tea. So I'd want oh, those yeah. kind of plants. Definitely. I know nothing about it. I'm just like, can I make tea out of rose petals? Yeah, <laughs> just, like, throw whatever that. that
0: flower is in a... And some hot water, and you got some tea. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then garden also has symbolic things.
1: <laughs> symbolic meaning. Yeah. To, like, your craft. And thinking about your craft as a garden, like, what have you been, like, what do you plant?
0: Ideas. Like, if I come up with an idea, I write it down. hmm And put it away. So I feel like that's, like, you know... I have a list of ideas right for stories or screenplays or whatever and those are all just like in my seed drawer waiting for me to pull them out and put them in the soil and tend to them and then also like I think intentions like you have to be like I'm gonna do this thing you have to in- like intentions are really important in creativity and then, like following through with intentions. Like if you intend to grow some flowers, you gotta do it. You can't just like you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I guess intention would be like planting it, the seed, and then like actually doing it will make the seed grow. Because mm-hmm. you can't just plant the seed and right. not water it or exactly. not. Exactly. So yeah. Soil. Intentions are important, but it's just the first step. Totally agree. Yes. (laughs) And (laughs) and I love thinking about this podcast
1: as like a garden because, like, I mean, you have to plant the seed to, like, you have to get the idea before you can write the story, right? Right. But you also have this deadline that you have to, so you're like, okay, well, I have to do it by this day. So I have to tend to this idea Mm -hmm. and help it grow Mm -hmm. and take it through the process. Right. And you have to have your process pretty, pretty much down to be able to like turn something around like that right and I I'm all for I can be very precious about my ideas but if you have if you have a bunch of ideas and you don't finish writing on any of them like you don't you can't get to that end point, mm-hmm. obviously. And then totally. you can't share it. I think sharing it's really important. Because if you have a garden in your backyard that's beautiful flowers, and you have no one to take a turn with, yeah, what's
0: the point? You want to show people and take turns about your garden when it's ready. Share your beauty with others. Exactly. Exactly. Don't have a secret garden. I love that movie
1: and yeah, wish I that I too. had a secret garden. That I could share with people, and then it would only be secret because I would blindfold them and take them to the garden, and they wouldn't know where it is, so it's still secret, but I could share it.
0: The secret garden is so sad.
1: Yeah. I don't remember much
0: about it. I just remember loving it. (laughs) I just remember the scene, I think, I don't know if it's Dream or whatever, I don't remember much of it either, but when the mom like she's like looking for her mom in the garden and her mom's like running away from her and she's like mom and I like cried every time when I was little Mm. during that part
2: yeah
0: so so sad so we're so excited to share this (laughs) episode with you (laughs) um please enjoy and tend to your own garden so (laughs) we can all take a turn about it yes and share your work yeah don't be afraid guys yeah your garden is beautiful Share it with
1: the
2: world. The Gardeness by Carol Soliday. The Gardeness, she tends her garden, she does this well. To shut out the noise and hectic pace of a too busy day. Vision a rainbow of florals and endless green ivies. Waters flow freely from the lips Of laughing sweet cherubs she dips her bare toes in the coolness a continuous fountain on a hot summer's day to toil and feel the velvet rich texture of black fertile soil to inhale its rich earthly scent anticipation of tender young shoots they emerge from beneath the dark moistness Then they reach for the open horizons to spread and stretch their leaves. Then as bud, then open blossom, beautiful and vulnerable, her roots are deep, secure. A tender sweet soul she nurtures and grows.
1: A Turnabout by Christina Kishpaw. Liz stomps on the garden walkway. She paces. She doesn't know what to do. She finds a large stray stick and with great rage throws it over a hedge. It made her feel a little better. She continues walking down the path. She turns a corner and comes upon a fountain. She sees on the other side Ian walking around the other way. Liz immediately turns around to walk away but trips and falls to the ground hard. She screams a bit going down. Ian rushes over to help her out. Once upright, Liz looks down and she sees she has tripped on the same stick she threw just minutes earlier. She looks at the stick, anger in her eyes. Traitor. Ian is genuinely concerned for her and hasn't let go of her upper arm. She gets it away from him in annoyance.
3: Are you okay?
0: I'm fine.
1: She starts to walk away, but she is limping pretty bad. She makes it as far as the fountain. She sits. Ian comes over and sits next to her.
3: You are bleeding.
1: He's looking right at her lips when he speaks to her. She thinks her lip is bleeding and puts her hand up to check.
3: No, your knee.
1: She looks down. Her knee is bleeding, but not too much. It looks pretty scraped up. Great. She also sees her dress has ripped almost all the way up her leg. Double great. They sit in silence. It's really uncomfortable. Something should be happening. Someone should talk or someone should leave. But no, they just sit there. Ian, who is looking more and more distressed by the silence, finally breaks it.
3: I have something to say to you. I know we haven't really gotten off on the right foot. I know I come off broody, and I generally don't play nice with others. There is no excuse for my behavior, and I should be more open to new people. I should have been more open to you, especially.
1: This makes Liz look at him.
3: These past few days, I have watched you, and how you are so warm and kind. I wish I could be that way, and I think that is why I'm drawn to you. I guess what I'm trying to say, Liz, is I would love to take you out on a date.
1: After another moment of silence, Liz unleashes fiery winds of anger on him.
0: Go on a date? A date with you? I am sorry if I gave some impression in any way that I would ever reciprocate those type of feelings for you. To be honest, Ian, I find you morose and cold. You are the last man I would ever be seen with. If that weren't enough, you're the man who is responsible for my sister's unhappiness, and that is something I cannot forgive.
1: Ian stands and begins pacing in front of her.
3: Your sister's unhappiness was her own fault.
0: How can you say that? You don't even know her.
3: I do know my friend. She was obviously leading Dylan on.
0: Leading him on? She loved him.
3: She did not show it. They would have danced around their feelings forever and ended up destroyed in the end.
0: So better to destroy them early on? She is very guarded. She hardly tells me how she feels.
3: I was only looking out for my friend. You cannot judge me based on that.
1: Liz stands defiant and he stops pacing in front of her.
0: I can And I am. I can also judge you based on the way you have treated Jeff.
1: This pisses Ian off. He gets all up in her face in anger.
3: Jeff? Jeff? You don't know anything about that situation, so keep your mouth shut.
1: They look like they might be playing chicken with their faces.
0: I know enough to know that he was like a brother to you, and you, in your selfishness and pride, disowned him.
1: Ian is speechless by this, but his face does not move from the inch it is away from her face. They definitely look like they could kiss. She is red from anger. She takes a good look into his eyes before turning to limp away. Suddenly, his hand is in hers. She throws it away and rounds on him.
0: You don't get to touch me! You are the last person I want to touch me!
1: He looks all over her face. A hair has fallen over her eye. He goes to move it, but stops. He drops his hand.
3: I'm so sorry you feel that way.
1: He turns immediately and walks away. She watches him go and lets out a broken sigh. She is blushing a great deal. She feels her hot cheek and moves the hair from her eyes. Our final story is Bobless by Cassie Soliday. Cheryl just lost her bob. She didn't misplace him, like her glasses or slippers. Bob died. Her next-door neighbor, Hazelene, had lost her Bob two years prior, so she understood the emotional wreck that Cheryl would become. Even though Cheryl was at least a decade older than she was, Hazeline would be the wise friend who would help her out of a rut and continue onwards. Life goes on. Cheryl, Hazeline, and their husbands, both named Robert, Bob for short, lived in a small and tight-knit community in their brownstones with conjoining yards, separated by knee-high picket fences. They had nothing to hide, and they loved each other's company. They would sit in their lawn chairs across the fence from one another and talk all the time. From their yards, they could see the lake and the park and their friends as they walked by on the sidewalk. And this is how it had been for many years. Their children had all grown up, had children of their own, and moved away for exciting lives in the big city. The foursome only had each other, and they didn't mind at all. So when Hazeline's bob passed away, she was taken by surprise. She had always envisioned Cheryl's bob going first, or Cheryl herself. She doesn't take pride in these thoughts, but they are older. It just makes sense for them to go first. Them's the rules she thought. It's been two years of loneliness and continuing to see Cheryl and her Bob happy and growing old together while Hazelene just gets older by herself. When you're 80, finding a new best friend is tough. Most cliques are established by your 40s when you've figured out your life priorities and those who only hung around with you because it was easy or convenient slowly fade away into memories. Hazeline and Cheryl met when they moved into their brownstones. Their husbands had met first, but interestingly enough, they forgot each other's name the second time they met. It was just too simple to remember their own name. They were certain that couldn't be. It became a running joke that they would lazily remember when silence had passed, sitting in each other's company in the yard. It also became that thing you talk about, forget, and then talk about again, as if it were brand new. Hazelene swore she would never forget how her Bob would make her feel just sitting by her side, sun on her skin, his hand in hers, with their friends right next door. But life goes on. Cheryl has lost her Bob. They are both bobless. As Hazelene hands Cheryl a cup of chamomile tea, she thinks back when she lost her Bob. Those tears come so swiftly at first, and it's expected. But after a while, when you think you're okay and that you've patched the void he left behind, it rips wide open and the tears come again, unexpectedly. And for now, Cheryl is expected to cry. Like clockwork, Hazelene is sure how this will play out. What's this jar? Cheryl asks after a long silence of sitting together in Hazelene's kitchen. She's pointing at a dusty jar that is propping up some unopened mail. Hmm. Oh, that. My Bob threw a bunch of seeds in a jar and voila, happy birthday. Even after 55 years of marriage, he would forget your birthday? Believe it. They giggle lightheartedly. It was pretty sweet, though. Cheryl sees the little note attached to the jar's neck by a ribbon, which he probably took from Hazeline's sewing kit. She reads it. May our love continue to grow and ourselves bloom. <sighs> Even if it doesn't make much sense, Hazelene comments. It's poetic, Cheryl adds. Hazeline chuckles at this. My Bob wishes he was a poet. My Bob wishes he was a gardener. She runs her finger across the floor, a pattern beveled on the glass jar. He always thought it was a waste of our front yards to have never grown a garden. So much space with so much possibility. Hazeline watches as she touches her birthday jar ever so softly as if she were booping a newborn baby's itty-nose. "You can have those?" Cheryl is surprised. "Oh, no, I couldn't. These were from your Bob." I promise you, you'll never see me on these knees planting seeds in the dirt. This metal plate will see to that. Hazeline knocks on her knee. A metal sound echoes throughout the kitchen. I knock on the metal plate in my hips sometimes, and it never sounds like that, Cheryl admits. Hazeline smirks and lifts up hands she was holding underneath the table's top. They giggle. Please, Cheryl, take the seeds. I'd rather see them on your kitchen table. Cheryl smiled and held the jar of seeds in her hand. But her intentions went further than just sitting it on her kitchen table to hold up mail. She planted the seeds in her front yard. Hazelene watched Cheryl as she did so. She even chuckled as Cheryl slowly made her way down invisible aisles, planting one seed after another. It looked like a chore. Day after day, Cheryl would tend to her slow-growing garden while Hazelene secretly rolled her eyes at all the effort she put out for so little return. Their friends would walk by the yard and comment how nice it is to see Cheryl being so active, to check in on her emotional well-being, like good friends do. Hazelene expected Cheryl to be more upset, for there to be more tears, like it had happened for her when she lost her Bob. But Cheryl... She was doing okay. She would wake up early, eat half a bran muffin and a cup of milk, getting straight to work on the garden. Morning and evening was her routine. Hazelene would sometimes sit in her deck chair in her yard to talk to Cheryl, but it wasn't the same conversation. Did losing their bobs make them uninteresting? Hazelene was becoming sure that Cheryl's mind was slowly deteriorating because of her grief. "'That's looking so good, Cheryl. Keep it up. They might actually grow someday.' "'Hazeline grinned in support. "'Ah, thanks, Hazeline. Your next cup of tea is on me. "'I'm almost certain that one over there is lavender.' "'My favorite,' Hazeline replies as she brings a cup of store-bought lavender tea to her lips. "'I look forward to it.' "'But internally, Hazeline's heart hurt for Cheryl.' In retrospect, it felt like it happened overnight. It didn't because Cheryl's garden grew so damn slowly. But what did seem to happen overnight was how all their friends and walkers by started commenting on her garden. How beautiful, they would say. I'm so glad you've finally done it. Bob was always hoping to have a garden this lovely. He'd be so proud of you. While they compliment, Hazelene sat in her barren yard in her lawn chair with an empty teacup. This has been the Jammy Bits of Jam Storytelling podcast. Episode produced in sunny Los Angeles, California by Christina Kishpaw and Cassie Soliday with music by Grace Sy.
0: Follow us on Facebook at Jamie Bits of Jam Podcast or on Twitter at Bits O Jam Podcast.
1: If you enjoyed the show, please share this episode with your friends and rate us on iTunes. With your help, we can promote the unique voices of women everywhere.
0: Check out our upcoming themes. And if you feel a spark, consider contributing to the show with your own story. We accept short fiction, nonfiction, or poetry.
1: Here at Jamie Bits of Jam, we believe that every woman has a unique voice. Our mission is to build a platform in which to share these voices, and that is why every writer retains the rights to their story.
0: You're welcome. And thank you. (laughs) And thank you. (laughs) For more information, please email jammiasvits at gmail.com. Until next time, keep writing and embracing the most important thing that you have, your voice.